Welcome to Isolation Conversation with Ben and Jen putting the Q&A in quarantine. (laughs) Uh, As we've heard from our last episode, we are back after after a brief hiatus while Ben worked in Alaska and our first guest back. I'm a huge fan of this man's heart and his talent. Please put your hands together for Michael Shannon. Yay! So, Michael, uh, in in your own words, tell the fine people at home who are you. Well, let's see. In uh, ten words or less, no, we'll try to go a little farther than that. Yeah. Uh, I am. I am both. Uh, right now, a pastor and a grief counselor, and I have lived in Carborough with my lovely wife, Martha, for almost 26 years. Uh, we have two grown sons, Patrick and Ian. Patrick lives over in Graham. Uh, he's a, a yoga teacher, and Ian, our youngest son, is about to uh, about to uh uh, get back to Colorado to uh, work as a whitewater raft guide and probably also as a middle school teacher starting next fall. Um, and it, it's been a wonderful life all these years that we've been here in North Carolina. This is where actually where Martha and I met. Um, she and I met as grad students uh, at univer- at the University of North Carolina. We both got uh, MFAs in theater back in the late uh, 70s early 80s oh wow wow well that's yeah. great cool. uh, so so how long is has that been your, your your main career being a pastor and a, a and a grief counselor or, or is this... yeah yeah i worked well uh, let's see after we finished grad school here we went to new york for a year because we decided well we've done this we put all the money and time into it so let's go see what happens and that was the fall of 81 and we spent most of our time just trying to make enough money to live and uh, had a great time. I mean, uh, we didn't have children then. We were just, you know, the two of us in New York. And uh, I mean, we loved raising our kids. But uh, we realized after a year, at the end of that year, let's see what happened. I hadn't gotten into a show. Um, Martha's job, she got laid off from her job. And we were robbed in our apartment building uh, our apartment building was uh, broken into at least once a month the entire year that we lived there. We weren't there when we got robbed. But uh, anyway, after that year, that was enough excitement for us. And, <laughs> yeah. And we came back year. to, uh, yeah, yeah, we came back to North Carolina and uh, uh, started doing, I started doing odd jobs and I did some theater. I worked with uh, the Shakespeare Festival in High Point and I worked with, uh, a lot of dinner theaters and helped to start a, a theater company in Winston-Salem. But, you know, I wasn't making a, a living at it. And uh, the other side of my life had always been, uh, I guess the best way to put it is uh, I had questions uh, about uh, faith and spirituality. And so I said to Martha, look, um, we've done this once. Um are you willing to uh, go to seminary with me? Because I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I just said, this is what I think I need to do. 
And she said, uh, yeah, I'm willing to go. So uh, I went to seminary at Emory University in Atlanta, and we were there in the mid to mid 80s to uh, 91. That's where Patrick and Ian were born. Um, finished seminary, um, tried to actually get a job as a uh, artist in residence. Uh, a res- uh, let's see, with, well, I sent out uh, stuff to uh, every seminary in the country and uh, they all turned me down. So <laughs> Not be- some of them liked the idea, but most of them just didn't have the money and most of them weren't ready for that idea. So anyway, um, I had finished um, and decided, uh, well, if I'm going to find a job, I better go into one of the more traditional things. So I went into the church. Um, and then after a few years in the church, um, I guess the whole thing with chaplaincy and grief counseling um, really came out of uh, still a love for and an interest in people's stories and storytelling. Um and that's really what I did in hospice all those years. I worked as a chaplain and a grief counselor. And you're, you're listening to people's intimate stories and one of the most significant times in their lives, you know, whether that it's the person who's sick and ill and is probably going to die or it's the people who love them and are dealing with their, uh, their anger, their sorrow, their fear, all those feelings and Mm -hmm. simply listening to their stories and being with them. And so both sides of that have always been the powerful and the, the profound parts of my life for, um, being a part of people's stories, listening to them, and then being able to kind of tap into a lot of stuff for myself either in storytelling or drama or whatever it may be. Um, And then after hospice, I did that for about 20 years. Um, It was, it was a lot, a lot of intense work, you know, with a lot of people over all those years, it was just time to let go of that. And uh, the church that I'm working with now is uh, it's called Chapel Hill Christian church um, it's a part of the denomination that's called the Disciples of Christ. Those are folks who left Scotland, their ancestors left uh, Scotland, um, who were part of the Presbyterian tradition there. Uh, they were leaving religious persecution there and came to America and began to form these churches. And the denomination got established in uh, around the 1840s. Anyway, this church that uh, that I work with now, we started it in 2003 when I was just beginning to work with hospice. And um, um, I did both hospice and working with this church until 2011. Then I left the church and went strictly into hospice. And now I'm back with this church. So, uh, it's interesting because in hospice, I was a part of a, uh, at one point, helping to start a new hospice. And then I've also helped to start a church. So those are two things that have been a, a real significant part of my life and something that I've felt like, uh, you know, I gave my gifts to and uh, yeah. has helped people and all those kinds of things. I think it's interesting because I think, you know, there, there are certain jobs that people, uh, that people have where, 
they assume, oh, it has to just be like an overwhelming uh, calling to, to do one thing or the other. But it is kind of nice to hear somebody who's been working in hospice because their artists and residents just didn't work out. <laughs> you know, it's like a, yeah. it's, like a yeah. it's a nice, it's yeah. a nice, uh, uh, a nice, I think that there are certain jobs where like, you know, people, people like over deify the person in that position where they're like, oh, you just had to be cut out for that. And it's like, no, you can also just be like, you know, somebody who's somebody who's who's uh, willing, willing to take on that task um, as well. I think it's like, a, I think there's something really nice about that. Uh, so I'm, I'm well, you, you, I mean, it's just, yeah, for me, Ben, you, you just, uh, I've kind of walked into things at times, you know, and uh, I mean, yeah, I, there's a sense of uh, that I'm in the right place, you know, with doing these things, but still um, the opportunities have come along too. most of the time. Most of the time when I've tried to make something happen, a lot of times, I don't know about you two, but a lot of times it didn't always work out. Sometimes the oh, yeah. the door just kind of comes open and you're there at the right time, you know? So, right. That's no, the I saying, just... man plans and God laughs. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, so speaking of plans and thing, uh, speaking of things changing, obviously uh, we're all going through uh, our own, our own uh, sense of, of change here. How has your daily routine changed? Um, as a result of, uh, of of all the all the stuff happening, as a result of all the COVID nineteen, have you been busier? Um, uh, I, I assume there's there's a significant uptick in grief. Um, yeah, uh, you know uh, the the interesting thing about it is, uh, um, I think for all of us, um, the the grief now. I mean, there's all kinds of different facets to it. Maybe maybe we know somebody who actually either. We actually know somebody who, who actually got sick or we know somebody who has a loved one who got sick or, or even died. Or maybe it's uh, uh, somebody or our, uh, we ourselves who lost jobs, lost income, lost at least uh, the opportunity to do as much of what as what we were doing. And certainly um, the relationships we have with folks are um, totally altered by what's going on now. I mean, I haven't seen, uh, we haven't seen our oldest son, uh, now, and he just lives over in Graham. Uh, we haven't seen him for two and a half months. And typically we probably saw him, oh, I don't know, um, every couple of weeks or so. And I mean, we talk to him on the phone and all that, but it's, you know, it's, it's just different. Same. And it, it's yeah. this whole thing to me. I was listening to uh, one one grief grief one grief expert talked about uh, this whole thing about being separated from not only from each other but from the things that we love and the work that we do and all those kinds of things and then we're kind of in this liminal time now. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm saying the word correctly. Uh, okay. You know where we were where we were. And we want to either get back to it or as close to it as we can, but we're in the in-between time now. And uh, yeah. how do you cope? How do you cope with that? I mean, do you uh, do you create a new podcast that people want to come and listen to, or you know, or uh, do you uh, like for me? I'm I'm reading a lot of poetry. I I read poetry when I was younger, but I got out of it, and now I'm reading a lot of poetry now, and I'm. Uh, um, I'm doing online stuff uh, with the church, but it's different. We're a small church, and 
most of our folks are older and they're not really into, they know what Zoom is and they know Facebook Live and all that stuff, but they, they prefer having a recorded message. So it's almost like going back to radio days for some of these right. folks. So I simply record a reflection and I record some prayers and then I send it out to them. And the reason it works so well is uh, they tell me is they can choose when they want to listen to it. Maybe they want to listen to it uh, several times over a few days because uh, I can think about it more and I like to listen to your voice or whatever it may be, you know? Um, But um, for me, Poetry, listening to music. I walk every day. Um, uh, for my wife, she loves to dance, and uh, she uh, uh, gets on these Zoom gatherings with other dancers every day. So that's a real good thing for her. She's so cool. Yeah, she is. She's <laughs> your wife is really cool. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, just so and 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 I don't have a, a problem with it. Uh, 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 so. Uh, um, what I like about the fact of our relationship is Martha and I have always been really good at, uh, I think, for the most part. Uh, we've been married uh, June 20th will be 39 years. Um, letting each other, and uh, uh, June will be married 39 years. Uh, we've been good at letting each other be individuals. Like sometimes mm-hmm. we even take... Uh, uh, short trips um, with other people. You know, I'll go with several fellas and maybe we'll go up to the mountains. Of course, this was before COVID, but, uh, um, and she'll go on a dance trip or whatever. So it's, uh, we've always been good at supporting each other, but also allowing each other to be individuals. I'm real lucky. I'm just yeah. uh, real lucky that uh, I have a, I have uh, the person who is the mother of our children, has been my best friend, has been my lover, has been my mentor. And, uh, um, you know, I'd say I'd say that's another thing that's helping me during COVID is uh, maybe I'm realizing even more so, even though, you know, it's uh, – frustrating and uh, at times um you uh you uh um uh struggle with each other you want to give each other you know even more space because right now you want some alone time but uh i'm really uh, grateful for martha um, without Martha. Well, you've already answered the what are you doing to stay occupied with the poetry and the long walks. Is there anything that maybe you and Martha are working on together? Um, the only thing Any we're working on together is we're talking about what we want to do after COVID is over. You know, the things that, I mean, I, I don't know about you two or others, but uh, it's, it's. I, I mean, I'm almost 65, so... My family tree, most people live to their mid-80s. So I guess, you know, and, and uh, this has also helped me realize uh, the preciousness of life and the sh- short time. And, uh, you know, I, uh, when I was doing hospice, 
I was aware, I mean, I was aware certainly that I was with people who were sick and dying and, uh, and the kinds of questions they were asking themselves or the kinds of things they were reflecting on. Um, but I'm there now, you know, I'm, I'm there now as far as I know that life is getting shorter and shorter. There's a wonderful, uh, who was it? Oh yeah. Uh, they ask, <laughs> they asked Dustin Hoffman about, uh, when he was about 70, I think he's older than that now, but, uh, they ask him, uh, um, so, um, now that you're 70, uh, are you thinking about, uh, you know, legacy and the rest of your life? And he said, well, you know, when I was younger, um, I didn't think about it. And then I got to be 60 and I realized, wait, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting closer. And now, now I'm 70 and I know exactly what I want at the very end, I know exactly what I want for my epitaph. And they said, well, what is that? And he said, uh, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, he just has this great sense of humor, but, um, it's that kind of thing of, uh, the things that for, for younger people, they probably don't really th- think about death overall or that kind of thing or the end of life. Um, but I'm older now and, and I'm not thinking about it in a morose kind of way. I'm thinking about it as far as you asked me, you know, what do we want to do? Well, uh, um, we're making plans about trips we want to take after COVID is Mm -hmm. over. We want to go to, we want to go to Ireland together with Patrick and Ian, uh, uh, now I know the a couple things about heritage for me is uh, I know that my family grew up now around Dublin, and so I want to take the boys there and Martha there. I always thought that with the last name of Shannon that uh, my ancestors had grown up somewhere around the Shannon River, which is the largest river in Ireland and cuts right through the mm-hmm. heart of the country. But um Lo and behold, I grew up, uh, or my ancestors grew up somewhere around Dublin. Um, and we've got a, uh, a friend of the boys uh, uh, lives in Ireland now in Dublin. He's a, a teacher of philosophy at Trinity College in Dublin. And so we want to go see him and see the country. So, yeah. Well, that sounds great. Nice. So, uh, so, so while we're still in the quarantine time, so we've, we've talked about our plans for after, uh, what would take your, uh, your, your quarantine, your shelter in place to the next level? So if there's, is is there anything that you've noticed you're lacking? So uh, for instance, some of our, uh, some of our our other guests have said things like, just wish I had a patio, uh, to be able to, to be outside in a comfortable way or, uh, um, what, yeah, I guess, I guess what's, what's that, what's that thing for you? If there's anything, um, if there was one thing, um, uh, literally kind of, uh, concrete like that, it would be, uh, we've, we've always wanted a, a screened in porch. We've never lived yeah. in a, you know, uh, where we had a screened in porch. And if we could have that, I mean, we live in a small community, um, and there's only about 35 to 40 homes, uh, where we live and there are two small ponds and we get, we get egrets and we get, uh, um, I, I'm sure you guys have noticed 
um, and read about uh, all the things that are happening now these last few months with nature. I'm hearing all kinds of birds that I didn't hear before. Uh, I'm seeing more wildlife coming through. I've read about how, like over in India, there are people in India who can see the Himalayas for the first time in 30 years. Those pictures are amazing. Uh, If you look them up, like because of all of the air pollution that's gone down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'd love a screened uh, screened in porch. Um, I think I think if anything, uh, as far as what uh, what I'm learning more about is, uh, I've never been good at uh, any of the tech stuff like you two are with this. Um, um, <laughs> I wouldn't so exactly I mean, call either one of us good at it. We well, just stumbled well, upon uh, this website more advanced that kind of does everything I am for because- us. Because Zoom is giving me all I can handle. So. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Uh, the funny thing is, is that we've uh, we've now become personal assistants to the child that lives ah, in yes. our house, yes, and we're setting yes. up his Zoom calls and making sure that he has everything he needs. And it's very funny to me, like, sir, you have an appointment at four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh me. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing I, I miss a lot right now. And, uh, my group is going to do a zoom thing, but I'm in a, I'm in a, uh, a music group in town and they're going to, they want to do some recordings and, uh, you know, the way, way I understand it is, you know, with the zoom thing is you get the music, they do whatever they do with a track and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, that really doesn't interest me. The, the thing about singing in a group is being able to uh, be next to them and feel the yeah. energy. It's just like being, it's like, you know, Jen, it's like doing uh, improv or doing a play or whatever. It's the, it's the crowd's energy. It's the, Oh yeah. Your, your fellow you actors or of- fellow improvers being with them in the moment and all that. And you can't do that with the, uh, with the stuff with zoom and everything. It's just not quite the same for me. It's not, and it's different, but it's going to make when we are able to be in the same area, it's going to be so much more rewarding. Um, We've had this conversation with fellow improvisers. Like we are all starved for applause. Oh, Oh, I miss, I'll take a, a groan. I'll yeah. take a oh I'll, I'll I'll take any group feedback. I'm so, yeah. I miss it so much. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was watching the other night. I was watching uh, Jake Gyllenhaal on the Colbert show, and he uh, he sang something from a Sondheim uh, show he was in, and uh, but he was singing it just to his. Uh, phone or whatever you know with the (laughs) soundtrack and he said it was the most surreal experience he'd ever had because Mm -hmm. um he it just it was just weird it was just strange so yeah well let me ask you uh we've talked about the weird we've talked about the strange what is the unexpected upside in your shelter in place or the silver lining in all of this well i'm i'm an introvert uh so really yeah yeah uh, I'm an I'm an introvert, uh, so uh, the side of that is that you know uh, whatever it is in in ministry or uh, hospice or whatever it is in 
uh, improv, storytelling, drama, whatever. Um, it's all that uh, energy that you're putting out. I need, I need time alone. I need solitude to replenish. And, you know, most extroverts, at least in listening to them talk and hearing people talk about the process of being an extrovert, it's, it's the reverse of that. They, they are fed by being around people, you know, so this being alone is really got to be hard for you and a lot of people. And so for me, um, I'm, I'm actually uh, doing, I'm actually doing really well with the solitude piece of it because um, a lot of these walks are walks I take by myself. So that's kind of uh, a meditative time for me. Um, or I'm reading more than I was before. And like I said, with the poetry and I'm, and I'm connecting with people like I'm, uh, one of the things I do is I, I like to write. Um, but what I write are, uh, I write, uh, I write either, uh, letters or I write prayers. And when I say I write prayers, I write a prayer to uh, a friend that I've thought about for a long time and who was important to me in my life and have always wanted to tell them in a way that uh, um, I hoped would touch them and help them know what they mean to me. So I kind of have this... uh, uh, process of writing a prayer for somebody i take their name and within the prayer itself i do the etymology of their name so mm-hmm. for let's say you know uh, i'll just use my name for michael i would use okay what's the background of michael and then i would tell michael in the prayer this is what i understand your name means um um and this is what in in discovering that in in learning that um not only have i seen connections and how you've touched me but this is also in in understanding the meaning of your name uh, uh i want to tell you what you mean to me um so anyway in doing that um it's connected me with some people that i have been in touch with for a while so it's great I think that's that's, awesome. I think that's been the, the, the one of the nicer things we've talked about this in the past where where because everybody is isolated, you are just as able to talk to people who are very far away or who yeah. you know, you've yeah. lost contact with as you are with the, the people you would normally be be in contact with. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and some people the reason the uh, prayer thing is and writing to them uh, a prayer for them, some people aren't comfortable with that face to face. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, if you told them those things, they would deflect it or um, whatever they might to your, do. To, it goes not, back to not your thought on, on the on the sermon, right? It would be it would be yeah. strange for you to call somebody up and give them a, a twenty minute sermon on a phone call. Right? Yeah, that's uh, right. But it's it's a totally reasonable thing to to give them as an audio recording, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I could see that definitely uh, being a similar feeling where people are like more willing to not willing but more open to um, a prayer that they can they can kind of control the mm-hmm. yeah 
control the pace of it at least, right? They control the pace that they they are actually reading it, um, so they're not you know not blindsided. That's right. Uh, That's right. If they if they if they get uncomfortable or if they get if it gets very um, if it if it moves them, uh, they're able to kind of keep it at their own pace. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, uh, we've 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 asked all our questions. Uh, we've gotten great answers. Um, so the last <laughs> thing that we do is, uh, is is first off, we ask, do you have anything to to plug or promote? Uh, is there anywhere that people should be sending their attention and or resources? Well, um, I'd love it if if they would like to. We are uh, with our church. We are. Uh, they can go to. Uh, they can go to our website, uh, Chapel Hill Christian Church. I know that's a mouthful, but it's chapelhillchristianchurch.org. And we are every Sunday uh, collecting staples, uh, you know, just basic kind of things. And it's on the list for uh, the IFC, uh, the food bank and the shelter here in Chapel Hill. And it's to help the most vulnerable here in the area. And uh, we're doing it uh, very simply. You just drive up in your car like they're doing in so many other places. And if you are comfortable with it, um, we're all uh, practicing the rules with the masks and the social Mm -hmm. distancing. But if you want to uh, come to the location, uh, we can take the stuff out of the car for you. Or if you want to take it out and uh, put it in the vehicle that we have, you're welcome to. we the location is on the website where we're doing this. We do this every Sunday from 10:30 in the morning to 11:30, and uh, you simply uh, come in, drop uh, the material off. Uh, you don't have to worry about being around anybody or uh, any of that. And uh, um, also, I am uh, offering. I've I've done this on Facebook because Facebook. I don't know. You two may have seen it. Um, has asked people, is there something either you want to offer or that uh, you have a request about? And what I've done is I've offered my grief counseling services. I'm a certified grief counselor, and I did it, like I said, for 20 years with hospice. If there are people who um, just need a chance to talk about the losses that are going on for them, they can either go to that website or they can contact me directly. Um, and you guys have my uh, email. You can just put that on there, my email with my name, and let them know that they can contact me at that email. And I'll set up a time to talk with anybody who'd like to do that. That's because so I, awesome. Yeah, well, I great. just feel it's, you know, we're, we're all trying to help each other. And so this is something that I'm good at and that I think, especially now and and really for uh, the next few years. I mean, people are going to be processing what all is going on with this for years to come. And yeah. so so this is a way that I think I can be of help. So That's so kind. Well, thank you so much. You also can catch whenever Odyssey Stage puts on the Suffragist Project. Michael is playing Woodrow Wilson. Um, yeah. So whenever that happens, who knows? Yes, whenever that happens. Um, although we are getting emails about that now, so yep. so there's chance that it can happen. And and uh, um, I want to hear more uh, about this uh, play that you think. I, oh yes, it's the what's the title of the play now that you were telling me about? 
Oh, and that's just going to be one of the plays in the 10 by 10 festival. So okay. I want to hear more about that from you later on. So once we, once we figure things out, um, yeah, cool. So we ask our guests to do our sign off. Uh, it's got a, it's got a light curse in it. Uh, feel free to edit if you'd like, but if you would like to join us in reminding everyone, wash your damn hands, y'all. Say that now. Say that again, because you cut out right when you were saying that, and then I got you back on. Gotcha. So we ask everyone to wash your damn hands, y'all. <laughs> yes, I ask all of you to wash your damn hands, <laughs> to, wear, to wear your damn scarves, and to practice your damn social distancing absolutely as perfectly as you possibly can please wonderful please. michael everybody wash your damn hands and uh if you need a grief counselor we've got one thanks everybody there you go thank you so much bye-bye thank you bye-bye